Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hey, welcome to Snazzy Stories. Today my story is about an amazing human being. His name is Janusz Korczak, but he was born Henrik Goldsmith in 1878. And uh, But most people know him as Janusz Korczak, his pen name. Now, he was born in 1878 to a Jewish family in Poland, and growing up, his dad was a very prominent lawyer, and they did very well financially, but unfortunately, his dad wa- uh, got sick, and he passed away. And so that left the family without an income. So this severely changed the environment which in which he was growing up. And I guess, in my opinion, I guess I feel like this is probably where he starts to really see the social problems of the world, which is going to dictate almost what he ends up doing with his life. And that is going to be that he's helping children throughout the rest of his life. Now, he goes to medical school, and he becomes a pediatrician. He works in children's hospitals. He also was in the military as well. He was a doctor in the military. But he became an author, and he was very interested in children and he was interested in the rights of children and he was someone who believed that kids growing up should be treated as individuals and that they should not be seen as people that are supposed to be shaped into what the adults want them to be he believed that every child should be able to be who they want who they want to be and they have rights as children to be able to think and create ideas and be creative human beings And so this type of education that he wanted to start was kind of almost like a moral education that he wanted for children. And he was very much an advocate for child rights. Well, throughout his life, he was a speaker at universities. He had his own uh, radio show as well. And he created summer camps where kids could go and speak freely and create ideas. Now, also during the 1930s, though, Uh, It became very anti-Semitic, and so he lost a lot of opportunities that that he used to have, but he did become the director of an orphanage, in fact, two orphanages, and in 1939, when Hitler invaded Poland, he actually, and the bombing started, he actually received a lot more, a lot more people, a lot more children into his orphanages because they had lost their, their parents in the bombings. When Hitler invades Poland. Obviously, the Nazis come in, and it gets a lot worse, worse and worse and worse. And eventually, they start pushing the Jewish people into Jewish ghettos, into specific parts of town. And he is in Warsaw, Poland. So he gets pushed into the Warsaw ghetto. He also, obviously, he brings his children in. And now he has about 200 of them, 200 children and a couple of his assistants, his staff members, if you will. And they are are put into the Jewish ghetto. Now, the Jewish ghettos were horrifying places. Many people were starving to death. Uh, They were beaten as well. And he had 200 children that he had to care for in this horrible situation. So he tried very, very hard to make sure that they created a community where they felt safe. And he continued his ideas of this, the, the kids being able to tell their stories and to tell who they are and tell their thoughts. And he actually had a child's newspaper in the orphanage before they moved into the ghetto. And he continued that when they were inside of the ghetto as well. And even they presented plays. He wanted to teach them to, to be creative 
he wanted to continue their creativity. He wanted to continue to teach them to be trustworthy people, to be honest people. He wanted them to grow up to be good people. And these children didn't have anybody. They were orphans. They didn't have anyone to lean on. He was in charge of all of these kids and as well as the staff members that he that his assistants that were working there as well but these kids didn't have anyone except for themselves and Janusz and his assistants and so he wanted them to create this community but something that was really bothering him as well was that uh, the kids were starving and he could not even provide for their basic needs which is other people also in the Jewish ghetto were starving to death literally they were dying from starvation and this was very upsetting obviously to Janusz as well as everyone else there but he would go door to door asking and begging for food for his children, for his kids, and begging for clothing and blankets, anything that they could give to them to just meet the basic needs of these kids, as well as trying to help them understand that they need to grow up to be good people, that they are creative, that there are individuals, even though out the world outside of them was swirling with absolute evil and hatred. Now, one particular instance, he actually writes in his diary about the kids not having enough to eat. He says, quote, I feel so soft and warm in the bed. It will be hard for me to get up. But today is Sabbath, the day on which I weigh the children before they have their breakfast. This, I think, is the first time that I am not eager to know their figures for the past week. They ought to gain weight. I have no idea why they were given raw carrots for supper last night, unquote. And to me, I guess how I read this is I see him thinking, how could they just have raw carrots? Why can't they have more? They deserve better. In fact, when I when, the first time I read that quote from him um, out of his journal, I thought, yeah, this poor man, he is in charge of all of these children, and he's watching what is going on outside around him and probably thinking, at least I, I guess I think this is what he's thinking, that they deserve more and they deserve better, and all of these people deserve better. This is ridiculous. You know, I mean, these little kids here are starving, and I'm trying to take care of them because they don't have anybody, and they deserve better, right? Now their time in the Warsaw Ghetto gets worse and worse, and in August of 1942, they are deported into a death camp, Treblinka, and they all are murdered. And something kind of interesting about, about this is that Janusz Korczak was given the possibility of getting out of the ghetto before this. He was very well known in the outside world. Um, outside of the ghetto, he was well known, and he had friends that were not in the ghetto, that were not Jewish, and they came to the ghetto to talk to him and try to get him to leave because they had a way for him to get out. And he was offered many times to get out, and he refused. He refused to leave his children. He said, I, "You would never leave a, a sick child. I'm not. I will not leave, abandon these kids." And so he refused to get out, even though. Most likely, especially in Warsaw, uh, reports were reports were coming out about what actually was happening. The Nazis were telling them that they were going to a resettlement, but it was really that they were carrying out the final solution, which would be murdering all of these Jewish people. So in a situation like that, 
Here you have Janusz Korczak, this very well-esteemed, um, well-to-do person he being pushed into this ghetto. He's in charge of these 200 children, and he's being offered to leave this horrible situation, but he refuses to abandon his children, even though he may have an inkling maybe of what's coming. Now, 1942, they do get deported, and they are all murdered. But what's interesting is there's, there's a witness gave an account of what happened when they went to the train station uh, when these people were deported. The witness says, this was not a march to the railway cars. This was an organized wordless protest against the murder. Uh, the witness says that the children were in four rows. They were marching in four rows. Uh, Janusz Korczak was, at the, uh, was at, in the lead, and he was looking straight ahead, and he had a child's hand on either side of his, grasped in his hand. And he was leading the way for his kids, and they w all had blue knapsacks, uh, as well as the two assistants were also leading the children. But Janusz was in the lead with uh, holding the children's hands. And that must have been quite a sight, I think. It would have been a very deafening sight, I believe, to see. And they were all, as I said, they all got on the trains and they went to their death in Treblinka death camp. Now, this story to me is fairly amazing because, not because obviously the sadness, it's incredibly sad, but I find it amazing that he didn't leave that he refused to leave, that he was offered many times to get out of such a horrible situation, and he didn't leave. He would not abandon his children. He, he actually walked with them to their death, with them, and to die with them, and he knew that that was going to happen. I'm sure he knew that was going to happen. Uh, and he would never abandon them, but he walked with them through the fires into their death. And I find that absolutely amazing that he was an amazing man for doing such a thing and oftentimes when I look back in history I think about these situations and I think would I have done the same thing and I can honestly say I don't know and I and I mean I would like to say that yes I I would have done exactly what he did I never would have abandoned these kids I would have gone to my death with them and for them but I don't know if I would have. I honestly don't know. And I, and I, it's kind of disheartening that I feel that way. But I think oftentimes we like to say what we would have done in certain situations. We look back on history or even it just in situations where someone's telling us a story and we say, well, I would have said this. Would you really have said that? You know, or would you really have done that? I don't know. Because then when we're put in such a, in such a trying situation, um, it's hard to tell what we actually would have done. And this was an absolutely horrible situation. I can't imagine, can't even comprehend the particular situation these people were in. I just, I cannot even comprehend it. But when I look at him and I, I just think, wow, do I today, do I stand up for what I believe in? Do I have an absolute assurance of what is right and what is wrong? And do I actually stand up for what I believe in like this man did? Now, I did find an interesting quote by Janusz Korczak and something that he had written earlier on in his life. And he says, the lives of great men are like legends, difficult but beautiful. And I think that is the epitome of him, of his life. It was extraordinarily difficult. But, uh, and the way he died 
was horrifying. But why he died, in a way, is very beautiful uh, because he was willing to go to his death with these children and he didn't abandon them. And in, in, in that way, I find it to be extremely beautiful. Thank you for listening to Snazzy Stories, where everyone has a story.